Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet. We think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. It, well, I'm going to say it's Sunday. A little behind the scenes, it's not. But that's how we record stuff up in this house. And it's Money in the Bank 2019 day. So I hope you all have a great time. We are, of course, going to talk about that today. We'll get into the card, which we have touched upon in other episodes. But I know when I'm listening to this kind of stuff, I like to keep it. But I, I listen to other podcasts. I like it when it's topical. So we're going to keep it topical uh, as possible. As always, all my content is supported by Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. So head on over there. There's a bunch of rewards and tiers. Or you can just throw a dollar into the mix to help me out. And the best thing about that is, uh, one of the tears is to get people on the podcast and today for the first time ever love it when we have new people on it's Carla Carla how are you doing today I'm great how are you I'm very well thank you very much so first and foremost as we had a little chat about beforehand thank you so much uh, for the support and for listening to my podcast I never say this but I'm still fascinated that people not only listen to my podcast but want to come on that's really cool I think that makes me quite happy so <laughs> thank you very much for keeping that dream alive and let's just get into it Tell me, Carla, why in 2019 are you a wrestling fan? That sounded more negative than I meant it to. I just thought, <laughs> well, I just find, as, as I've said before, I just find it fascinating because, I mean, I've told this story before, you know, my way in was flicking, which kind of ties into one of the stories we'll talk about today. But now my thing was flicking through Sky TV over here in the UK and seeing a guy in pink and, you know, pink and black tights or singlet, whatever you want to call it, and going, well, that's interesting. And that was that. I was hooked. I mean, that's not a story, but that's how it happened. And what's yours? What's, you know, how, how do you get into it? And how do you get to the point that you're listening to, to podcasts and immersing yourself in it as much as possible? So, I, so I'll tell you where I started. So I kind of started, when, so I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm only 18. And so I started when I was five. Wow. My brother and my dad got me into into WWE, and that's where I was kind of stuck for like the past what fourteen, almost fifteen years. So I've been watching for a while, but you know, as every fan, we all fall out somehow. <laughs> of course we do. Well, let's talk about that. What was it that? Where, where where did you fall off for the first time? I think it was after CM Punk left. A lot of people say that. Yeah, I think it was after that where I was kind of like, uh, I was like, well, I'm losing kind of some interest, you know, I'm getting like, I was, I think I was like only like 15, I was like, this is not as interesting as it was before, I was like, I don't know, and I kind of stopped watching, when I came back though, I think I came back, I'm thinking like 2016, so I took about two years off of watching, Wow, yeah. I came back and I was like, who's Bailey, I was like, who's Who's uh, who's Charlotte Flair? Like I knew nothing about <laughs> these people. I was like, whoa! I was like, this is new. This is women's actually like women's wrestling because you know, I grew up watching like the bra and panties match and like all the stuff of matches. Like, this is this is so different from what I'm so used to. I'm like, wow, it's insane. That's, there's, there's two things I want to touch on there. We'll, we'll go, um, actually, we'll go in the order you mentioned them. So, obviously, CM Punk was a huge attraction for you to be a wrestling fan. And when, and when he left, you obviously thought, oh, I'm going to take a break now because he's gone. Two questions for you. What was it about CM Punk that you really drew you to him? I think I know the answer, but it's always good to hear. And also, 
do you, you know, with All Elite Wrestling becoming a thing, and I know some people go, oh, you talk about All Elite Wrestling too much. Hey, man, All Elite Wrestling is a big thing. We're going to talk about it every week. Uh, the, you know, the latest thing is X-Pac went on his podcast and he said that, you know, he totally believes that CM Punk is going to head to All, All Elite Wrestling. So, yeah, tell me why you loved him so much in WWE and tell me what you're going to do if CM Punk goes to AEW. Let, let, let's, let's start there. It's a good starting point, I feel. I, I, I love him because it was the way he carried himself. It was like he was kind of like kind of cocky if you could you could probably say like that he's kind of like maybe yeah i think cock is a good yeah word. that's Just, fair that's fair yeah, he, he was pretty like he was kind of he was sure of himself so he kind of knew where he stood and he kept he just kept growing out and he he's a good talker he was a good talker i loved the way he spoke like his promos were amazing i loved like how he just carried himself a certain way that was, it was really like it was really cool to see and it was, it was awesome um as for aw I I I kind of want to see him back in wrestling just because I I miss his like his promos and everything that he did, but I mean I I think he could come back. I, I hope he I hope he would. I I could see him in AEW. With it, I mean I don't know how, how many people would agree with this as because you have so many memories tied to him in WWE. Would there be a part of you? I mean, do, at this point, do you just want him back in WWE desperately because you want to see CM Punk involved in wrestling? Or if I gave you like a magic wrestling wand, would you rather see him back in WWE? Like, what do you think is better overall for wrestling fans and for the promotions themselves? Because obviously, if AEW gets somebody like CM Punk, loads of people are going to tune in, right? Like, I'm sure there's people out there like your good self that haven't watched WWE since uh, CM Punk left. If also, all of a sudden they hit, like Chris Jericho, right? I've got a mate of mine. He wants to watch AEW because he loves Chris Jericho. That's why he watched New Japan. But which one would you pick? You, as Carla, would you rather he went to WWE or would you rather he went to AEW? I think I think he should go to AEW only because it would be like a fresh start. Yep. Maybe he could do whatever he wanted at that point. Because, you know, I think in WWE he was being controlled. Like, you know, you don't really have a lot of creative control when you're there. So if you go to AEW, you could probably have more of a freedom to have this experience, whatever you want to do, like experiment with what you want to do. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the thing he felt suffocated in WWE, that he wasn't able to you know, express himself in the way that he wanted to, or that he felt like he was being watered down along along with other stuff. But yeah, ever since S-Puck said it on his podcast, I kind of think, because we don't know how AEW is going to perform at this point, but getting those kind of guys on board, I think is imperative. Same with Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. I know you don't want every kind of WWE outcast, for lack of a better term, to turn up, because then it turns into a WCW situation and so on and so forth. But when I hear people like yourself, like I say, you are the perfect demographic with WWE. They want 18-year-olds more than they want anything. As much as they want money, they want 18-year-olds. And people people in that 18 to 34 demographic and if CM Punk was able to touch a chord with you when you would have been what like 12 something like that 11 12 I started out watching when he was back in like when he had his long hair in the world heavyweight champion days I remember those days yeah so you must have been really young right I was like, I think like nine or eight when I watched him well there you go which goes to which you know because a lot of people always kind of pitched you know that they pitch CM Punk as the you know the mature wrestling fans wrestlers you know what I mean but that's not true at all he spoke to age demographics up and down the board which i think is why he's so successful i don't think anybody gets to the top of wwe unless they kind of cross brands uh, cross brands a little bit but he's now become my ace in the hole i think the amount of times i hear stories like this about cm punk uh what did you think about his mma career by the way in ufc or did you not even pay any attention to it um 
Um, I didn't follow it that well, but I, didn't, I heard that he didn't do that great in it. <laughs> no, he didn't. But I still respect him massively because he's a guy that goes out there and just does what he wants to do. But I like to I like to ask that as well because I remember when he did that, so many people were like, oh, he's ruined his legacy. I'm like, trust me, man. No one even cares. No one even cares. Like they, they, To many people, he left wrestling. They knew he went into MMA and then they just shrugged their shoulders and they were like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I mean, it's up to him. It's whatever he wanted to do. And as long as he did it, he could say, like, he, he actually, like, checked it off as, like, his list or whatever Ex- he had. Exactly. So, uh, the second thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you obviously mentioned, when you started watching wrestling again, all of a sudden, women were being treated with respect. Let's call a spade a spade. That's what, that's, that's what it was. They were like, oh, we, we'll treat women like human beings. Uh, I should also say, I know we did another podcast the other day, but, um, you know, just uh, in case nobody heard that one, I don't want it to sound like we haven't talked about it. Uh, absolutely aware of the news about Ashley Mazzaro passing away did you see that carla that she passed away yes i heard about that i don't really remember her but it's just it's tragic it really is oh, it's, it is horrible i mean yeah again we did it on the podcast the other day but i don't i never want it to seem like we're not covering that stuff only 39 years of age as of recording this we don't know the cause of death it may have come out by the time you hear this but just a quick you know shout out to friends and family of ashley mazaro it's just stuff like that is awful maybe even doubly so in wrestling because it seems to happen all the time anyway so you know when you do kind of tune back into wwe and you see all these people like you say charlotte flair and becky lynch and whoever else being treated I mean, completely differently to how they were when you were a kid. How much does that, you know, appeal to you as a wrestling fan, but also as a wrestling fan that grew up, you know, with mud matches and bra and panties matches? Like, are you surprised or are are you a bit like, well, yeah, it took you damn time, but at least we're here. I think I was both. I was both surprised and I was like, well, it took them that long to do that because, you know, like... For a while, I mean, you know, if you look at, like, uh, whatever, Impact or whatever, they had, like, their women's division pretty good, like, back in the, I guess, what, like, 10 years ago or whatever? Oh, yeah, like, the knockouts are great, yeah. Yeah, the not there you go. They had that, like, so that was, like, pretty already standard already, like, already set up. So when it came, like, what was it, like, 2015 when WWE started, like, doing their, changing their ways and actually, like, listening, yeah, because there was a chance, like, that was different, that was, that's what changed. Um, it took them that long for for this, you know. This should have happened like years ago. <laughs> yes, it should have done. Yeah. What do you think of it right now, though? Because the criticism that some people have had, and this is more me playing devil's advocate, is that post WrestleMania 35, if your name isn't Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch, or Charlotte Flair, you're not actually being utilized in the right way. I mean, I guess the I guess the uh, the, the the point from some people is is that the the depth of the women's division isn't. You know, that there's kind of there's a top level that do get the same, you know, uh, the same exposure they should do, but the rest need more. I don't know whether I agree with that or not, because I don't think I've thought about it enough. But uh, yeah, well, what's your take on WWE's women's division as a whole post WrestleMania 35? And also, you know, please do let me know what you thought about though, everything at WrestleMania 35, given it was the first main event headline by women. I was actually there. In, oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, I was there. How did you uh, find it? Um, it was, I mean, the, the match or in general? Just in general, yeah. I think it was one of those things where, well, this is how I saw it anyway, and please you know, tell me wrong. To me, it was one of those things where they couldn't lose. You know, it felt like such a, a such a big deal. It was like, you know what, you can do anything here. And the, the point is getting the right result, which we did, and ensuring that, you know, we don't screw anything up. And I don't think they did. The right person won. I thought the match was decent enough. Yeah, I, li- I, I kind of liked it all around. That was, that was a pretty good match. I will say I was a bit tired by the end though because it was so late. Oh yeah, ridiculous. So it was like a seven hour, you know, sitting through everything, and then like the end came, and I was like, "Wow, that's it," you know. I mean, the ending to me was fine, 
But honestly, when you think about it, do you really remember if, like, Ron, like it doesn't matter who, like, how they, like, how Ronda Rousey, whatever, she lost. I feel like it doesn't really matter. I mean, in the end, because people are not going to really remember that when you think when you think of that. Like, I don't know, to me, I feel like I don't, it's not, it doesn't come to mind when I think about the main event, like, oh, she lost this way, you know? It was seen as a bad way when she lost, I think, from what no, I remember. Yeah, no, I agree. What would you like to see them do now? Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about Money in the Bank, because that seems like a, a fair segue. Because, again, you know, the women's division is is quite prominent throughout Money in the Bank. You've got Becky Lynch in two matches, and we've got uh, and we've got the, the, the Money in the Bank women's match as well. I mean, yeah, I, I think you could, yeah, I, I understand the argument when people say, that maybe it's too early to have Charlotte versus Becky again, but I don't mind. I quite like that feud. I'm, I'm not against it. But I mean, yeah, two things. You know, what do you think of the fact that Becky's having two matches? And you know, what do you want to see happen in both the Lacey Evans, the Charlotte Flair, and the Women's Money in the Bank? Because to me, the Women's Money in the Bank, much like the men's, to be fair, actually, is one of the harder ones to call. Like, I, I don't a hundred percent know what's going to happen. Yeah, very true. I mean, in regards to the women, I mean, I'm happy to see Becky defend both of her belts, but I wish it wasn't against Charlotte, honestly. I feel like there should, there's so many other people who are there. It's kind of like what you said before, the, the top-tier people, like Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair. It's like, there are more people on your roster. Yeah, they're not like seen as, as good as Charlotte or Lacey, you know, but if you push them you know, better, I mean, they're, they're, could, they could be seen in that way, possibly, maybe in the future, but, you know, like start to push them early on, not like give them like 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 shit matches, and then like I don't know, it just, it just needs to work out better for for everyone. But of course, there's not a lot of time for that. No, there's not. I mean, do you think Becky can walk away with both belts as well, or do you think that's a bad idea? Or not not a bad idea because I think Becky could hold onto the belts for a long time, and everybody would be happy with it. I think she should she should hold on to both because if she lost them this soon, it would not look that good on her. Depending on how she lost, maybe. Actually, depending on how she lost, if she lost any of them, uh, maybe. Uh, I just I feel like it wouldn't, it wouldn't end up well. I feel like it wouldn't, it wouldn't look good on her if, if it actually happened, if she lost. What about if somebody wins? This is my prediction. We talked about this on the show the other day. My prediction is that Mandy Rose, of all people, wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't know why I think this. And then she casts it on Becky Lynch after she's had both her matches. And she becomes the SmackDown champion. So not the Raw champion, the SmackDown champion. She then goes back to SmackDown to feud whoever she's going to feud with. And then uh, Becky Lynch kind of officially goes to Raw. That I don't know why I think that. It's just my weird prediction. Mm, I mean, I don't know. Mandy Rose, well, uh, she's, she's got a bit in the ring from what I've seen. But I don't know if she will. Well, that, that, that's a big thing. To, uh, that's something to think about. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, I, I think I like the fact that Becky goes to Raw. But then if you lose Becky, it's like, who else could... I mean, you have Charlotte, yeah, but who else will you really have on SmackDown to carry SmackDown once they go to Fox? That's a very good point. I mean, at the moment, yeah, so... I mean, mean, we'll go through the match itself. I mean, Natalia and Dana Brooke and Naomi are raw. Bailey, Mandy Ruse, Ember Moon, uh, Carmella and Nikki Cross are SmackDown, right? Or is... No, 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 Nikki Cross is is raw. I have no idea anymore. I have no idea. She's something. (laughs) I don't know. She's on the main roster. That's all I (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which these days is all one and the same anyway. So you're right. It it is a very weird... It's a very kind of oddly, oddly paced out thing at the moment. I mean, who would you want to win? If you could pick any one of the names I just read out for the Money in the Bank women's match... You know, Natalia, Dana, Brooke, Naomi, Baylor, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, Carmella, Nikki Cross. You know, obviously Alexa Bliss got taken out after suffering an injury, but apparently she's going to be okay, which is good. Uh, you know, who who is, from a fan's point of view, who do you think works? Who, who makes the most sense? 
You know what? From I guess from my point of view, I'd like to see Amber finally get a shot at something because she's been on the main mm. roster for over a year now, and she hasn't done anything. From what I know, she hasn't done nothing since being called up. <laughs> no, she I hasn't. Mean, she really hasn't. So you know, it's like it's like she can do something better now. I mean, she has the money. To, if she were to win it, she has the money in the bank to to cash it in, and whenever she and who she wants, whenever she, oh well, I guess in SmackDown, but to whoever, like you know, it, it, I feel like it'd be, I guess, a fresh a fresh start if you could call it that, because she's been on there for a year and done nothing. Why do you think that is? Why why do you think they don't use her in the way that maybe that she she should be used? Because I'm surprised. I like Ember Moon. Like I I think Ember Moon is. Uh, she she feels unique to me. She's really good in the ring. I don't like the promos they book for her, where she she just talks about moon references all the time. It's like I think that's times that's not her fault. She can't she can't get away from that. So, but why do you think that is? Because I think Ember Moon is really talented, and I think that comes across. At one point, she really had a good following as well, but that got snuffed out because, like you say, she she didn't do anything. So yeah, why why don't they? You know why? Why isn't she getting uh, a push or or a bigger chance, especially after WWE said they're gonna, you know, try and do different things? Honestly, I don't. Maybe it's the fact that there's so many women on the roster. Maybe it's that, or I don't know. But let's like, she was so well, like she did. She did so well on NXT. It's like, what are you? What are you really, really doing? I guess on the main roster, like you're doing nothing. So I mean, maybe it's the fact that twenty twenty people on there, but. Maybe I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't even know because it's just so like confusing at this point. It's like, are you like being used or not? And if you're not, then what's the point of you being there? You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that kind of ties into the whole NXT thing, right? Like that's the, the amount of people that now have come up from NXT that just don't, you know, just don't get a sniff is crazy. Like, in fact, you know, I was late for this podcast today. A little behind the scenes spoiler: I was late for the for the podcast today because I was doing this Y video, and the Y video really was sort of seven people that have been absolutely just destroyed by the wild card rule and the shake-up. And I won't say who it is. I'll make you watch the video. But there are so many people. Ember Moon isn't in that list, but in retrospect, I actually would have put her in there, of people that are now struggling to sort of uh, have any kind of opportunity because they are too... There's just too many... There's just not... Amazingly, even on five hours worth of TV each week, there's not enough time to showcase new people because you've got Roman Reigns and the Miz and the Usos. Because, you know, we've had, what, two or three weeks of the wildcard rule, and at the moment it's been the same people shifting across. And if the same people are shifting across, both shows start to feel the same. And if Ember Moon can't get time to, you know, develop her character anyway, then what the hell does she do? Because now she's got less time to be able to do it. It's true. I mean, it's sad because you say five hours is a lot of time, but then, like, you have, like, these... You have, like, silly segments going on. It's like you could use this time to put, like, other characters... Just feel like it's more, I guess, seen more on TV, but they're not. It's frustrating a bit because you know you see the people who have potential and they're not being used at all. What do you think about the world card rule? I, I, at first, I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, but already I'm a bit like it's just ruining other people, which I hate. Yeah, I, I wasn't too crazy about it. I, I said I was like, you know, I thought about it. I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot, but then I see like Roman Reigns coming back to Raw, and then I see like this Shane McMahon, and I'm like. This is kind of the same people that I see all the time. What's what, what's different about this? Nothing. It's just the same people. You know what I mean? You, the rules are confusing. The rules are confusing. No, no, I, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Let's go through the rest of the card as well, just to uh, get your opinion on some stuff. We'll start with the pre-show. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos. I thought this was a tag team match, as I've already said. It's not. Uh, who have you got in this one? I would go for the Usos because if it's not a tag team, if the tag team titles aren't on the line, it doesn't matter. 
also then also then yeah probably the probably the losers yeah of course the the thing that I see shocking is how Daniel Bryan went from being almost in the main event of WrestleMania to the pre-show Money in the Bank. That's kind of funny to me. I love it. I love it. It's just it, I, their treatment of Daniel Bryan is hilarious. It's just like they don't they they, they just don't care. They're just like yeah whatever we, we'll put him wherever he wants. So like almost like I guess like say the bottom, but not really the bottom. That's kind of mean. But you know, it's kind of he goes from like all the way to the top to you know to where he is now. It's like he's being kind of being shuffled around again and again. Yeah. Who who would you like to win this match though? Um, I think the Usos would be a good call only because like I said before, the, the titles aren't on the line, and so I guess they're not. It's not really important to see who really wins or loses. Yeah. Well, and it's on the pre-show as well, so it doubly doesn't matter who wins or loses. As we know, the pre-show doesn't count, as WWE has told us time and time again. Uh, also on the pre-show, although it keeps taking on... It, so far, this match has been put on the pre-show and taken off twice, so who knows. But Tony Nese versus Araya Davari for the Cruiserweight Championship. Again, this just feels like something to fill time. It's not their fault. I feel sorry for them, but that's just how they seem to get treated. It's sad, you know, because cruiserweights actually are, are like, are, from what I've seen, like, from the pre-show that I've watched before, they're really good in the ring. It's sad, because they should be tied on the main card, but they're not. They're not. So, no, no. I, I imagine that uh, Tony Nese will retain, though, just because he won it at WrestleMania 35. I forgot that happened. <laughs> Sorry? I forgot that that actually happened. Well, well, it's not your fault. It was on the pre-show. So unless you yeah. got there early enough, you didn't even see it. I know. I saw. I just forgot that he won. Well, but but, but, but how would you know, how would you know? They didn't talk about it on Raw. They didn't talk about it on SmackDown. They never talk about it. No, they, they never do. Which is kind of sad for the cruisers as well. I mean, they should probably be. They should come back to. I like when they used to do their segment. they the things on Raw, like the the cruiser would come, would come on to Raw, you know, and have their match and whatever. That was actually I think it was some decent exposure to to sit them for them. Yeah, no, I, I think the other thing as well is I got quite excited when people like Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander were quote unquote, you know, called up to Raw and SmackDown. And yet then, you know, along came the wildcard rule and that ruined their push as well. And we haven't seen them since. Where are they? I haven't seen them at all. Where's Buddy Murphy? I, I barely saw him. I, has he appeared at all? He, he now appears in um, like, you know, ex- WWE exclusive, WWE.com exclusive segments. Oh, no. So, no one those. No, no, of course they don't. Of course they no don't watch, watch those. those. I didn't know that. No. Oh, so you see, they're, they're really ruining him already. He, he's only been on TV like once. No, never given <laughs> a chance. Never given a chance, which is uh, which is quite sad. Um, Samojo versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Obviously, Dominic will be involved in some fashion because he's now back on TV supporting his dad. Uh, I don't really know who to call in this one. Uh, you know, I'd like Samojo to win, but you know, that is a very heel-dominated feud win there. Uh, what's your take? Um, maybe. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I wish I think Joe could retain, but I think he should move on to a different feud because they haven't really done a lot with Ray and anything. For what I've seen, there's not like a lot going on with that. It's not really. I, yeah, it's not like that interesting to me, in my opinion. What? Like, some, like, the, the promos are good, but. It's not, like, very interesting. What do you see Dominic doing? Obviously, they have to involve uh, Rey Mysterio's son somehow, so what do we do? Maybe, I don't, oh, mm, I don't, actually, I actually don't know about that. Maybe he could probably, like, I don't, I don't think he'd cause a DQ. That, that wouldn't be fair to cause a DQ, but um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what he could do. Maybe cut a promo to distract him like those lame wins or something i don't know <laughs> that's, 
bad luck on Joe, though. That can't be bad on Joe, though. Well, that's, that's what I'm worried about. Like, I think it looks bad for both of them. If Rey Mysterio wins because of his son and Samoa Joe loses because of Rey's son, I don't think anybody benefits that apart from Dominic. And I don't think we're pushing Dominic is my guess. But I don't know. Maybe we are. Maybe that's the plan. <laughs> it's possible, but I don't know. I, I don't know how we could have really got involved. That would be like a terrible... I guess it would be a loss-loss if, for, if anything. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Uh, the Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. Uh, I think this feud has run its course. I think the Miz should just win and will draw a line under it. But the problem is, if the Miz wins, you have to imagine that Shane McMahon will want his revenge. Uh, even still, I think it could be all right. Like, still cage matches are usually quite good. It's a stipulation which allows you to... You know, cut some corners, have some bells and whistles. I think this may be okay to a certain extent. And who knows? Maybe Shane might pull out some like some crazy stunt again, like he usually does. Maybe, but what can he do though? Because I, 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 this sounds bad. I understand that climbing up to the top of the cage and jumping off is still amazing. But the problem is, is that I've seen him do so much other stuff. I'm going to be a bit like, meh. It's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's it's almost like a down. A down, I say that if he does it, I'll still enjoy it. But it, it just seems so tame for Shane McMahon, even though it's crazy. It's like repetitive almost. Like you always see it, it's like, what, what's different now? You know, it's like, what's so different about it? The same. Do you think Miz will win, though? Um, yeah, I think he should win at this point. Yeah, because the feud really is not that interesting anymore. It's like, it's like what's really, like, nothing, nothing's really happening with it. Miz is out of the picture, so it's like not not a lot's happening. So I think yeah, I think they just call it quits on the feud and just just move on to different things. I agree. I agree. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Elias, which I think is one of the strangest matches on the show because I like Roman Reigns and I like Elias, and yet I do not care. <laughs> so like I, I I just couldn't care at all, and I don't really I don't really understand why. Uh, do, do, you, uh, do you have any investment in this match? I mean, what's your opinion? Do two. Do you have any investment in this match? And what's your opinion on Roman Reigns? Because obviously, Roman Reigns has become such a controversial figure over the years. He comes back from leukemia, which to me is all I need. Like, you know, there are things more important than wrestling. You know, so much more important than wrestling is that. But I will admit that I don't really care about this at all because I just, I just don't. How could I? Nothing's really happened. It's not really interesting, to my opinion. It's, it's really not. You know. Uh, I just don't really care for it either. I'm just like, well, it, it's there. I mean, cool, but you know, it's not interesting. There's no good really story on with going with it. So like, what's? It's not interesting at all. Uh, as for Roman, you know, um, I didn't really like him before. You know, you know, everybody hated him, and I was like, yeah, this guy's like always on TV. He's kind of annoying. You know, he's always there. He just like cuts up all this time. And, you know, I was kind of like, eh, I, I didn't like him because he took up so much time. And they tried to, the constantly could try to push him as a baby face. But, you know, it wasn't working, obviously. But, you know, it's kind of like he's there. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's the problem with this. Well, the problem with this feud is that it came out of nowhere. And th- th- there wasn't really, you know, th- there wasn't really any time to... To, to build it up and then Shane McMahon was involved in it but then Shane McMahon wasn't involved in it because Shane McMahon was getting involved with The Miz so it was just a bit all over the place so I think it's been the problem the last few weeks actually which is why the wild card and the superstar shake-up hasn't hurt hasn't helped sorry it's just it's been too it's been too all over just well that's it I've said I've said it already it's been too all over the place so uh, yeah I, I agree I mean I imagine Roman Reigns wins because Elias has got to the point now where he can lose and nobody really cares I mean, everyone. Everyone only really cares about his like his thing, his like his his stick that he does before. You know, it's just his singing thing that he does. He's, he's playing guitar or whatever. People really only really like about that about lies. He's that's what he does. Like I guess you could say best. Yeah. You know, he's he's okay in the ring. He, he's all right in the ring from what I've seen. 
I don't mind him at all. I just, yeah, I, I think he's kind of bulletproof these days because he's got a good shtick in the, in the thing. Obviously, they like pushing Roman Reigns. And I'll be all right with it. If we can get through this entire pay-per-view with no distraction finishes and actual... We, there's 11 matches. If we can get 11 clean wins, I'll be a happy man. All I want is clean wins nowadays. That's all I want. Unfortunately, WWE doesn't see it you, you know how they are. They're going to do some crazy, like, dumb thing. That people be like, oh, my God, and they're just stupid. It just end up being dumb. That's true. Who knows? Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, we've done the women's Money in the Bank match. Men's Money in the Bank match. Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, Randy Orton. Uh, I've said all along that I think Drew McIntyre is the strong favorite, but my outside kind of crazy pick is Ricochet because I just think he'd be so good with that briefcase. I don't know why. I don't know what that means. I just think his character fits it uh, or at least would give him the bump up that I think he deserves. Do you have have uh, uh, somebody you kind of believe in or someone you think is going to win? Um, I'm between three. I guess Andrade would be a good pick. That would be or good. Sam- I'd love that. Drew or, yeah, and Ricochet. So those three are like my, my three uh, hopefuls to win because Randy doesn't need it. Who else is in it? Oh, I feel I forgot who's in uh, it. It is Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, Randy Orton. There is a lot of people. Yeah, Samson's already in that feud with Kevin. With, with Kevin, no, he's in that feud now with uh, what's it called with Kofi or whatever. And then I think, what is Ali even doing? And nothing. That's kind of sad. It's kind of like I think people. I think Ricochet could probably use it, or even Andrade. Because I think Andrade should, should really could really use that. Well, that's what I think we should use the money in the bank for. I think money in the bank should be used to take people that need a, a, a push and push them. Like you know, there's no point giving it to established guys. Because they're established, I, I really do think they should be used to, you know, make somebody feel, yeah, like that, like they're a bigger deal. I, I absolutely. But whether or not we do that or not is is anybody's guess. Um, I think Drew McIntyre probably has the biggest, you know, the biggest, uh, well, odds I would say in his favour because I can completely see them. Again, I'm repeating myself from earlier episodes, but I can completely see them transitioning into a Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins feud once we're at the other side of Money in the Bank, and then Drew McIntyre feud with somebody else until he's ready to uh, to attack somebody. Yeah, so. I agree. You know, it's like it's, I feel like hopefully as everybody says, like they, whoever comes out as Money in the Bank winner can be like a, a star. You know, hopefully they'll come out good and hopefully that that, that does happen. Um, when when on hopefully when it does happen. I mean, I hope so. I'm hoping I'm pushing for Andrade. I hope he can do something different if he does win something new, more promos, maybe something something interesting because he's been a lot either. No, I know. I mean, he's been in a holding pattern for a while, which is another reason why I hope he gets the uh, he gets the nod here. Uh, last match, I think we've done the rest of them. I probably missed one. Is of course Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for the Universal Championship. I can't see AJ Styles winning this, even though I certainly wouldn't mind if he did. But I think it'll be a great match, and I think probably whoever wins Money in the Bank because they won't go straight for Seth Rollins. I would assume that they will feud with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, for example, if he wins, will feud with AJ Styles, which I quite like. Um, do you see, in any world, can you see um, uh, AJ Styles winning? Um, I, I'm not, I don't think so. Only because I didn't like the fact that he was put in the match in the first place, only because I feel like it was too soon for him to be back into the title picture. Since he, he lost it, you know, not too, like, I guess a while back. But I feel like it's too soon to put him back in the picture anyways. So it's kind of not fair to, to other people, I guess, to others who want to be, or I guess, who, I guess who are better options, in my opinion. Like Drew, yeah. maybe could have been a better option. But to have AJ come over from SmackDown, 
and then be pushed again to the title picture. It's kind of like not really like that fair, I guess. But then again, nothing really is in WWE, so. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> you're right. Nothing is. Uh, that is Money in the Bank uh, 2019. Uh, again, it goes down this evening. I'm sure we'll check it out. And we'll talk about it next week. I think it's probably going to be a pretty good show. Like, I know the build hasn't been that good, but, you know, the Money in the Bank matches I usually find are great. I think WWE puts on pretty good ones. So, I, I, I my, my, my big thing here is just don't do what we did over the last two years. I didn't think the Braun Strowman cash in was very good. And I certainly didn't think the Baron Corbin was very good because it just, um, yeah, it just, it, it, it just didn't go anywhere. So give it to somebody that deserves it. Allow them to tease everybody for a while. And then when they do cash in, it will mean something. I think we need to come back to that. Uh, yeah, of course. I agree. I agree. I agree. You know, it's like, People need like it should like you said before. It should be a push. It should be someone to have a if, if it's for someone to get a push, not for them to like already for established guys. It's no point in giving them to people who are already established because they're already they're already there. So it's no point give them to someone who actually needs it. Yeah, exactly. And who can benefit from it, right? That's what we want. I want someone that's going to benefit from it. That's the that, I think that, that, that's the big thing. And then no matter what happens, if they benefited from it, they're going to be in a better position than they were when they fought, when when they first started out. So that's Money in the Bank 2019. Again, goes down tonight. Check it on WWE Network. You know all the all, all the deals for that. Carla, let's talk about um, Raw and SmackDown more recently because you know when you're on the internet or on Twitter or on social media, you do get the the. I, I still think they're the vocal minority, but they're a passionate minority, and they're they're very they've been very loud over the last few weeks. And you know, as someone who is in, like I say, you're in the WWE's favorite demographic, and you're still watching. Have you have you been a fan of everything they've done recently, or do you agree with the outcry at the moment that we need a change, we need something different, more people need to be pushed? Uh, and where do you think the kind of issues with um, with the with the with Raw SmackDown, if you believe there are any lies at the moment, because and I, I'm the same. Like when something goes wrong, I'm quick to voice my opinion on it, or something I believe to go wrong. But that doesn't necessarily mean I have the answer. Like you know, long term storytelling and and you know pushing new people absolutely. But there may be other things we're not even unturning. I mean, yeah, no, I think there, yeah, there is a problem. Yeah, I think obviously like Raw, it's too long. Three hours is too long. Everybody knows this. It's it's too much for people. To, I can't watch three hours of Raw. I have things to do, you know, but I, st- I still watch them as a fan, you know, obviously. But I think that's too long. I think, like we said before, people are, the same people are being used all over and over again. So there's not, there's just the same people who are there. It's not a lot of exposure for others who really need it. And then the wildcard rule doesn't really help either because it's still the same thing. People are the same big people are coming over from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw. It's not, it's not much of a difference from what from what you've seen. There should be a change. Whether it be, I guess, I don't, I don't know what could change. Maybe the shakeup doesn't even work anymore because it's still the same thing. It's still going on. So who's really on different brands? It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, I, I don't know what could change could be implemented. Um, I don't even know at this point because it, it's not as interesting as it was years ago. I don't know why. Maybe it's because there's not a lot of – there's the, the storylines are confusing or maybe they're just not as interesting. It's just a lot, you know. It's not just like one single thing. What would you – what would what what could they do that would make you to stop watching? Which is probably a weird question because you, you may not know. Because I, I'm happy to admit that I enjoy 
you know, I just enjoy talking about wrestling these days. So actually, when things go bad or there's something that's negative, I enjoy watching the reaction and having conversations with people like your good self to see what they think about it. That, to me, is half the fun of watching wrestling. So, you know, outside of the moral argument, there's not that much they could do storyline or narrative-wise It's really going to get me to turn off. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I just I enjoy tuning into Raw and SmackDown. I'm obviously very lucky that I get to review it to a what culture, of course. But even outside of that, I, get, I genuinely enjoy being involved in the discussion and Twitter and social media on the good side helps with that. But it's... Are you the same or is there anything – do you ever find yourself watching Raw or SmackDown being like, you know what, I'm going to give it a miss? Or some weeks do you just not watch and you catch up, you know, be it ups and downs or YouTube clips? Because loads of people do do that now. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I still watch it, but sometimes I like I turn it off because I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. You know, it's like the same storylines. It's like the same people. It's like what's, what's different about it? Nothing, nothing's really changing at all. So I guess that's, like, that's the issue, I guess, in my opinion. I guess for me, it's like it's the same people. It's not interesting. I, I just kind of turn it off at some points. I mean, I don't really miss, I, I don't miss an episode. I, tr- I, tr- I try not to miss an episode, but, you know, it's like, it's there. So I kind of, I have to, I want to I wanna keep watching it. But, you know, it's like, I'd rather not miss an episode. I, I do still watch Ups and Downs or whatever just to get your opinion on it. But, um, but yeah. Do you... Are you are you purely WWE or do you watch some other stuff as well? Because I know there are some people that just don't like you know they they're happy with their WWE bubble, which obviously is cool. Um, no, I stick to WWE only because I don't have a lot of time to watch anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I'm I'm in school, so then it takes up a lot of time, and I work, so it also takes up a lot of time. So yeah. No, but that's fair, though, because I think that's, you know, I don't want to get too much into what we were talking about earlier, but I think that's the real struggle with, with stuff at the moment. Like, so many people are WWE. I'm a WWE person. You know, even back in the late 90s where WCW were kicking their ass, I was still a WWE person. If I had to choose which team to watch, it would always be, it would always be WWE. But now we're entering the stage where people are happy to watch, but not necessarily happy with the product, and they're looking for alternatives. And that's why I think 2019 is such a crazy year, because... It could actually happen. Again, we've mentioned all elite wrestling and, and stuff and stuff like that. If you know, if, if people like your good self start hearing that there's a show on a different network that's doing better television with more interesting characters and you know, maybe more of the things that you're used to, there's every chance you may go to yourself, oh, I'll give it you know, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out briefly. And that's why I'm excited about 2019. I don't understand anybody that wants WWE to die or wants All Elite Wrestling to die. I want everybody to be really successful because the more successful we are, the more likely that every single promotion is going to get better because that's how it works. When, if, you're, you know, if you've got competition and you know, you're on the losing side of that competition or at least from a certain aspect you are, you're going to try and fight back and that's usually when people do their best work. And that's why 2019 is great because hopefully these people are going to start you know, going toe-to-toe with each other to try and come up with good TV. And while you can't affect WWE from a financial point of view, creatively, they absolutely do need to kick up the ass. And if we do get that, and I can tune into both AEW and Raw and SmackDown, like I used to do with WCW, I'm going to be a happy man. Because that's just going to be more in- entertainment for me. And really, I don't need to worry about anything other than the fact I'm being entertained. It's double the wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's, you know, that's always... Uh... <laughs> that's that always that always makes it a bit uh, that always makes it a bit harder. But yeah, I just want to be entertained, and no matter what you know process that goes through, I really don't mind. Right, right. No, I agree. I'm actually excited for all elite. You know, I, I I'll give it a shot to watch it. I'm excited to see like what what goes on from here. From here. Not not with the with their new deal and whatever they got with TNT. I, I'm excited for that. I, I can't wait to see what they what they put on. No, me too. And I, are you familiar with? Um, you know, outside of the obvious, did you know about Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega before, or have they kind of come to your forefront because of AEW? 
I thought, I mean, I knew I knew Cody Rhodes when back was in WWE, but then, like, Young Bucks, I kind of found out through, like, this, through, like, YouTube and whatever that I, you know, being the elite that I watch sometimes. I found out through that. I, I don't really follow them that much as in, like, their wrestling, you know, and, and what they were before, but, you know, I follow them now. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. Well, it goes to show they're, they're using the power of the internet very well. You know, they really have tapped into this audience that maybe before had no idea who they were. I really respect what they've done. I, I, I really, really do. I think that it's, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, no one would have thought this a couple of years ago, you know, when uh, Cody Rhodes saw a, a, a tweet from Dave Meltzer saying, oh, I don't yep. think they could sell out a 10,000 seat arena. And now here we are on the cusp of them selling out an even bigger arena and starting their own uh, television show on TNT. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Talking about TV, actually, I don't know how much this means to you, Carla, but we haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet, so I absolutely should uh, should throw it out there. Of course, uh, there's, there's rumours going on here at the UK at the moment that uh, the long-running deal with Sky TV, and if you don't know, Sky TV, I think WWE has been on Sky TV since around about 1993. So pretty much ever since I started watching wrestling as a very young boy, that is, that's the way that you watch WWE. They've, they've had a long-time partnership. The rumor is that's going to come to an end soon, which, again, ties into all these other crazy D- TV deals that are happening. It was probably a lot like when WWE left USA Network the first time in sort of the early 2000s or whenever it was. But, yeah, they're going to be moving to BT Sport. Again, all allegedly at the moment because nobody's confirmed. And I think that's, you know, that's another... I, I don't know how that affects... I mean, the interesting thing there is that if AEW is going to be on ITV, and we don't know if that's true, but they're certainly running the pay-per-view, and WWE moves to BT Sports, to me, that is a step... I don't think BT Sports reaches as many homes as Sky does, which means WWE is moving to a smaller network, and AEW is moving to a bigger network. Tony Khan has come out and said they want to run pay-per-views over here, meaning that we would get them at you know, 8 p.m. time, and America would just get them whenever... That's but that's that's amazing. I mean, that is such a you know such a focus on the UK, uh, you know the UK um, audience that it's only going to endear themselves to them. And I honestly believe and again, this is me being a bit in dream world, but I think over here there's every chance that AEW could become the number one wrestling company when it comes to those two, and that is ridiculous. I, if you had told me that years ago, I'd be like, there's just no way. There's absolutely no way. It's insane, you know. It's crazy, you know. It's a possibility. No one, no one. You can never say never. It, it really is true. I mean, yeah, they're coming. Hopefully, I mean, maybe they go to ITV. Honestly, with WWE, how they're leaving Sky Sports, I'm surprised with that because I, I hear about Sky Sports, but I never heard of B, B What is it called? B, what is it called? BTV, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, BT Sports. Yeah, BT like, Sports. I never heard of it before until until now, and I was like, what is this? You know, whereas <laughs> Sky Sports is more well known. I know, I know Sky Sports because I watch. I watch uh, uh, streaming sometimes. I watch it through there. Sometimes I watch uh, raw through there. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Sky's been massive for years. Whereas uh, B- BT Sports hasn't been. A, it's been around a little while, but nowhere near as big as Sky. But it really is a changing of the guard, and I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, but it seems to me like AEW are making better steps than than WWE are, and that's nuts. Because, you know, I mean, I, I, I always find it crazy that WWE still expects its biggest audience for Raw and SmackDown. Because they show them live over here. But that's like one o'clock in the morning. And not that many people are getting up at one in the morning to watch three hours of Raw when they've got to go to work on Tuesday. Like, right. it, it's, it's just not going to happen. But yeah, I just, it was one of those things I wanted to mention. So we've definitely talked about it and we've ticked that box. But I, am, I keep saying it and I keep saying it. I, I can't wait to see where all this goes. I think it's going to be. And also it means we probably get a brand new episode of Ups and Downs. I assume, I, I assume that's going to happen. I'm up 
for that. I like it too. Uh, news that just came out now because I always have my uh, my Twitter open. Uh, so Jack Swagger, now known as Jack Hager, Jake Hager, I should say, uh, did an interview with Ariel Hawani about his MMA stuff, and they were talking about AEW. And Jack Swagger amazingly said this in reference to Double or Nothing: "I don't want to step in John Moxley's shadow. I think that's going to be a great debut for him." Hopefully, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. That's where we see him at. So he quickly doubled down uh, at the end of that sentence and said, oh, wait, I didn't mean that. But that's an interesting way to to phrase it. So John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, double or nothing. Yes or no, Carla? You're cool. I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes, because I think it'll be a fresh start for him. I guess a, a fresh start. Something where he could he could finally do something where he wants to do what he wants, what he, his, his creative control, what he wants to do. It'll end up, uh, I guess, better for him. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll have, like, I guess, more time in the ring or whatever it be. Something new for him, something different. And I think that's what, that's what people need. That's why that's why they leave. That's why they leave. That's, that's why they leave. Because they don't have that creative control, that creative freedom. And so now, it hopefully, with AEW or Double Nothing, you know, when that comes when that comes up this um when it comes in, and and soon, you know, it it'll be time, I guess, for him to showcase what he has next. Yeah, no, I I think I'm quite excited to see whatever Dean Ambrose did, especially because he got offered like a, a minimum of a million dollar contract. Uh, it was probably more than that. The rumor was it was seven figures, and we don't know. But to to turn that down in pursuit of creative freedom, to me says you want more and you want to leave somewhat of a legacy and AEW is obviously the biggest place he could go right now and I think we haven't seen the best of Dean Ambrose for for a long long time and also he's very much a Chris Jericho figure I know loads of people that may not know the name John Moxley but as soon as they figure out that it's Dean Ambrose they're going to tune in to AEW to see what he's going to do so I think if he is at double or nothing I don't know whether it's worth holding him off, you know. I, for me, whatever their pay-per-view is going to be before their uh, you know, September-slash-October TV debut, because I, I think you want to start that first episode off with a bang. And if I watch a pay-per-view and now if I tune into their TV a few days or a week later, I'm going to find out what happens with Dean Ambrose, as opposed to a pay-per-view where there is no real follow-up at the moment because they're still putting everything in place. That, to me, seems like better on paper, but, of course, the internet will blow up if Dean Ambrose is at, uh, is at double or nothing. I'm really excited for that show. I think they know they've got to blow it out of the park. I think if that does happen, it won't be the only surprise. I'd imagine we're in for quite a few. Yeah, because I think, I think that the Young Bucks mentioned that there could be, like, a couple of surprises at double or nothing anyway. So maybe this is one of them. Maybe it's possible. I think so. I mean, I, I, I think that's what they need to do. It's all well and good sort of uh, doing what they have done, which has been amazing. But now we need to, we've got to keep that momentum going, keep that conversation going. And yeah, so there you go. That literally has just come out that apparently John Moxley, uh, well, Jack, well, anyway, Jack Swagger seems to believe it certainly, um, it certainly seems like that she, uh, that he, he will be, he will be at the, um, at, at the show. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I would, uh, I, I, I would enjoy it. I would enjoy it. But, it would be fun. It would be really, really fun. Let's turn the clock back to... We, we've covered so much pro wrestling this week, there's not really much else to talk about. So let's turn the clock back to, to your heyday, Carla. Nice and simple. All the simple questions that everybody always gets asked. Favourite wrestler? Favourite match of all time? All of, the, all of the popular memories you've got in your head, share them with me because you absolutely know that it will, uh, you know, it will, it will lead to other conversations as it always does. I think one of my favourite wrestlers is probably Edge. And I saw him, I guess, in like almost like towards when he retired. I got, I got to see him, I guess, like pleasant eight ish. So that was around like the Vicky Guerrero like storylines and like all that stuff. And then I, I, I didn't get to see him for that long, which kind of, which kind of sucks. But, but you know, um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. 
Uh, I guess one of my favorite matches is probably against Taker. I think it was at Mania, was it that? Or something, I think it was at Mania. I forget what? which one it was. Wait, wait which I one, sorry? Against against Taker. At WrestleMania 24? Edge? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, no, that was, I think that was a pretty good match. That was one of my favorite matches, I guess, with Edge. Um, I miss him. I guess I miss him in, in the ring, you know, honestly. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers um, from what from from a while now. I, I do wish he could he could come back, but unfortunately, because of his um injury, he can't. But uh, you know, it's like what can you do? No, I mean, yeah, that's one of those ones that um you you may never see back because of his injury. I think the cool thing about Edge was he used. And I'll never. I'm always amazed about how he used the whole Matt Hardy Lita situation to his own advantage. You know, like in reality, that was a thing that could have ended his career. But instead, he absolutely turned it around and he smashed it. Like he really, he really, really, really did. Like I was always fascinated by that. He just became this obnoxious kind of arrogant guy that everybody hated. And he did that based on a real life situation that had gotten out of control. You know, whether that's good or bad or not, from a you know life isn't fair point of view, who knows? But I think Edge now, Edge. You know, there was definitely a point when you first started watching Edge. I don't think anybody expected him to get to the level that he did. And now that he, uh, you know, he. he I, I really do think a lot of people look back now and think Edge was ahead, not necessarily ahead of his time, but he didn't get the praise that he probably should have done. And he still got a lot of praise. But I think now people look back with real fond memories of Edge. He's, I feel like Sheamus is in the same in the same bucket now. I think Sheamus is far better than people give him credit for. But because he's been around so long and because he's been involved in some angles that people rolled their eyes at, I think Sheamus is great. There are so many GIFs and tweets and YouTube videos out there of... Him doing stuff that I find really endearing and really smart. And yet you always have this contingent on the internet that kind of craps all over him. I think once Seamus retires and a few years have passed and we look over everything that he, uh, that he has done, that, yeah, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be looking back with, uh, with kinder eyes towards Seamus. Yeah, he, he did a lot in, in, what, in almost 10 years he's been here. I think well, he's been around 10 years, but he's coming to the, oh, well, into, the main, into the main roster. I remember, I think when he first came up, he 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 won the thing with the WWE champion, uh, not 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 too far in, was it like a couple months into his into him being on the main roster. I think it was like three months or four months he he came. Yeah, up he won it. I can't remember the event, but he won it when he pushed John Cena through a table. John Cena, John John Cena basically stepped into it, or kind of, and that that was enough apparently to. Uh, to, to cost him the WWE Championship. That wasn't even the main event, I don't think. Or maybe it was, I can't remember. But yeah, he did. He won it really quickly. I quite liked that. Like, it was surprising. But that's why I kind of thought it was... You know, that, that, that's why I kind of thought it was good. Because I, 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 I don't necessarily know if he was ready for the WWE Championship at the time. But at least it created a talking point, And we were able to debate that and say, oh, I don't know, maybe he is and maybe he isn't. That was, that was kind of my thing, was it? It's, just, it's the thing that nobody expected. And then when we got it, I was like, okay. This, I mean, it's not like he didn't look like a WWE champion. He absolutely did. He he is he's made of the WWE championship mold. Right. No. Exactly. See, that was, that was, I remember. I remember when that happened. That was pretty shocking from when I remember it. And I was like, wow, this guy like just came up. You know, what is he doing with the champ with the world with the title now? It's crazy. But and then to now where he's where he's come so far now to the bar, it's like. He's come like so so far from when from when he started up to now the bar, and not, even now they're split up, which is kind of sad too. You know, it's kind of like that happened out of nowhere. I don't know if that ties into uh, the Sheamus injury or not. Like he, that was the rumor. He hasn't said anything. Nothing's been said on TV. So 
I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see, you know, what comes of that. But it is a bit surprising. I, I guess I'm just a big fan of Seamus. I, I just like him. So I hope he's all right. And if not, you know, he's had a pretty good career. It's not like he, um, you know, he, he, he didn't, you know, achieve, achieve a lot. So yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, when you mention guys like Edge, that's the first, the first thing I, I, I always think of is a guy that maybe at the time I didn't appreciate as much as I should. And then years down the line, I was like, oh no, wait, he, he absolutely smashed it. And he was, he was actually quite, you know, he's actually quite badass at what he did. Right, no, I totally agree. Um, what? Only because you mentioned the Undertaker, and that that made it pop into my head. We haven't talked about this in ages, and one day we should probably get loads of people on to talk about talk about it in general. Um, we're coming. How many years has it been now? Like five years since Undertaker streak. I think about five years, yeah. Almost yeah. five years. What, yeah. what was what was your opinion on that? Because were you had you come back to wrestling by that point, or did you miss that? I think I was still there. Yeah, that was shocking to me when I saw that. I was surprised. <laughs> I, I was just shocked. I was like, wait, this, it's over? I thought about it. I was like, no, I was like, no it, can't, it can't be true. I said, no, it, 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 couldn't, it couldn't be. When I saw, I guess, the 20, what, the 21 and 1, I was like, no. And it was just, it was, it was crazy to me. I, it, was, it was like, I was, I was shocked. I said, it can't be true, but, but it, it happened and it, it was over. Do you think it was the right call? Um, may, I wish I I hope it, it could not have been against Lesnar. Maybe maybe someone else, but but then again, who else could it could it have been if it wasn't Lesnar? I always think I always think he was the right um he was the right call. Every in terms of what it did for his career afterwards, but also how he looked, and I think that was the big thing for me. I think it was um you needed someone legitimate to be able to take on and 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 you know justifiably say oh he beat the Undertaker after all these years, and I I thought that. Yeah, he was he was the right guy to do. It. I mean, if you didn't agree with the streak being broken, then no, of course it wasn't the right thing to do. But yeah, no, I I, I really do think that it helped Lesnar so much. I don't necessarily think it hurt the Undertaker. I think by that point, maybe he'd hit a, a natural, you know, a natural. I don't know. You could argue it till the cows come home. But when it comes to Lesnar himself, it created so much vitriol for him and Paul Heyman, which they then used over the next, you know, three, four, technically five years. They're still talking about it. That to me is just, even if it was accidental, good long-term booking to the point where it got the heat, it got the, and the Undertaker's the Undertaker, he could survive anything. I think I'm for it if somebody really pushed me on it. I think I'd probably say I was for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was surprising when it came to me. And even like, even some people, I guess like even, was it really, was it planned now that he was supposed to win? Was it? So so many people change their mind on that all the time. Who knows if it's true? That's the thing though, like people, is, was he supposed to win? Was he not supposed to win? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of in the middle. It's like, But it, it, it was crazy. It was insane. It was. It was one of those things that you can still go back and you can watch the... Um, yeah, you you can watch the, the the reaction, and it still gets you. It still gets you like, wow, that silenced an entire crowd, <laughs> which is quite which is quite impressive. I, I think I think it's the main reason I like it. I think I like it because I love the reaction. I absolutely love the reaction in the crowd. I think it's um, yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Right. Uh, right. Last bit of news that we'll talk about as well, because this just popped up and it cracked me up. Apparently, during the latest UK tour, and this could mean anything, it's a house show. Baron Corbin may not wanted to have done it, but he, uh, it was Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman at a... I'm trying to find out where... It was somewhere in UK. I can't find which, uh, which city it was in. But he did not wear his suit. 
He wore a T-shirt and he wore jeans, much more reminiscent of his lone wolf character, I suppose. And I know, I talk to people on here all the time, they really hate Baron Corbin's. <laughs> they really hate Baron Corbin's uh, suit attire. Give me a, do, would you like to see it's gone? Because I've now finally justified it in my head after I saw IRS recently. And I was like, look, if IRS can do it, a guy that came up pretending to be an accountant wearing a suit, why not Baron Corbin? But your, your choice, Carla, do you want Baron Corbin in a suit or on T-shirt and jeans? I think suit. I think you think you. I think it applies to him being, I guess, like a heel. I guess with that suit, it kind of makes him look even more. I guess more like a heel. That kind of, he can seem. He seems more as a heel with that suit on. He's like more smug, kind of more arrogant with that. He just looks like a like even like or just more of an asshole. I guess you could say. <laughs> do you like Baron Corbin too? Because a lot of people hate Baron Corbin. Oh, if you couldn't tell already, I do not like Mary Corbin. No. I don't like him. I do not. No. Oh, I love it. It makes me laugh. Poor Barry Corbin. He got absolutely ruined by WWE, and now there's no going back. I, no, everybody hates him. He's like, he's not my favorite. No, he's just, I, I, I don't like him. You know, he's always been in the picture for like, even like when he was like, when he was, well, he was like, what was it? Uh, some a GM, but he was like for a part for a while. Um, that, that wasn't. I, I I didn't like his GM run. Uh, it, it just wasn't good. No, no. Well, I think that's fair. I think I think WWE managed to turn a lot of people off with that. And on that amazing note, we will we will draw the podcast to the close because I'm not going to be able to top that. Carla, thank you so much uh, for your support and for coming on today. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or promote? I know some people like to throw their Twitter information out there. You don't have to, but I always like to give people the chance. No, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Well, thank uh, Carla. Thank you so much again. Uh, it, it was really kind of you to support and again thank you for your time and enjoy Money in the Bank I hope you enjoy it I hope so too I hope well we'll find out we'll find out tomorrow when the internet explodes uh, in the meantime please head over to my YouTube channel just search for Simon Miller and give it a subscribe uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Simon316 and again patreon.com forward slash Simon316 uh, for, for more information about how you can support all of this but thank you very much for listening and of course I'll talk to you um, probably next week what do we do next week probably Tuesday Tuesday 1pm BST live on my YouTube channel join the uh, we'll call it the flagship version as, as WWE would say, of Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. And until then, have lovely days. I'll speak to you then. Hey.